Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode 15 of the Red Sox On Deck podcast, where we discuss Red Sox prospects at any and all levels. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, joined as always by Shelly Verstrait. Shelly, how are you doing today? Um, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. Um, we, had, uh, we had some news kind of like happen like the last, uh, down in the minors the last time we recorded. Uh, we got a the, ton the to talk about. W- yeah, the prepro was definitely much easier to do this week. <laughs> Absolutely. It wrote itself, so let's get right into it. Um, before we do, just um, you know, a reminder that if you enjoy what we do here, please leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you use to listen to the Over the Monster podcast. We've got this show, the Undeck podcast. We've got the Over the Monster podcast with Matt Collins and Brian Joyner. Red Seat with Jake Devereaux and Keaton DeRocher, and the Precap Pod with Shelly and Keaton. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So we'll get right into it. ton has happened over the last seven, eight days since we recorded. I figure we'll start with the positive news. There's been some 
promotions um, on some players that we've talked about the last two weeks. Starting with uh, Brian Bayo was promoted from Greenville uh, to AA Portland. I don't think that he was being challenged anymore. Uh, 32 innings, 2.27 ERA, 45 strikeouts, 5-0 record. He was excellent again uh, over the weekend, and then right after the weekend was called back up to AA, um, or up to AA for the first time. Uh, Shelly seemed pretty well-deserved, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, he was, um, you know, Bayo was like one of the, the youngest uh, pitchers on um, on Greenville staff. He's Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Performed extremely well. And, you know, in 31 innings, like you said, he had a 2.84 ERA. Uh, you know, he's getting a swing and strike rate about, you know, 18%. He had a... Uh, CSW rate, which is called strikes plus whiffs, about 31%, which is what you like to see. Um, like he was like, totally dominating uh, Greenville, um, and I'm really excited to see that he got the promotion up to double A. Totally deserved. Yeah, I, I mean, with what we've talked about with injuries, and there's a new one to add to the mix coming up in a second here, you could argue that the top four Sox prospects um, from a pitching side are all injured right now. Um, would you take Bayo uh, as your kind of number one healthy Red Sox pitching prospect at this time? Uh, I I really would. Uh, I mean, uh, there, yeah. there is another guy that you're probably hit on here um, that maybe could have that uh, you know, kind of uh, tag there, but with Tanner Howe, Connor Seabold, uh, Thad Ward, Brian Mata, all on the IL for either, you know, TJ or any other injuries. I would say that Brian Bayo is the the best pitching prospect um, that is currently healthy right now. Yeah, and who would have thought that we'd be having that discussion two months ago? <laughs> it happened fast, and I feel like um, it's not... We're not noticing it yet, but if, and knock on wood, if there was an injury at the major league level, that's where you'll start to see things with some some AAA pitchers that would need to potentially be called up unless they um, move someone in from the bullpen. There's not a whole lot of depth right now. And even the two pitchers that we were discussing that might be at the top of the list, they're years away. Um, my pick would be Aldo Ramirez. Um, He's been great twice since we last talked. Pitched on June 2nd as well as June 8th. Uh, on the second, five innings, one base runner, no runs, 58 pitches. Just super efficient outing. And then on the 8th through four more shutout innings. So over his last four outings, he's given up two earned runs in 17 innings. And I think I talked about him a lot as the pitching prospect I was most interested in seeing in, a, in full season ball this year. And, you know, Bayo's 22. Um going to be a double a Ramirez is only 20 and has 
three very good pitches, change up that I've loved in kind of the film that I've seen so far with him. So I'll give him the slightest of edges right now uh, of who I think is kind of their best healthy pitching prospect. I'm hoping we can get a promotion for Aldo from Salem to Greenville uh, since he's been great four times in a row. Hopefully we'll see that in the next month or so. Yeah, yeah um, but like you, like you said, like our pitching um, depth is, has, is going to be tested, and I am just holding my breath, knocking wood, crossing my toes. Uh, it's just everything that... You know, maybe Hauk or Seabold can come off uh, the injured list before we have to test the, you know, you know, the AAA depth there. Yep, you'd be looking at a Espinal or Gonzalez or, or Hall, one of those pitchers potentially. So, and if it does happen, maybe it'll be in late July and Chris Sale will be ready, but we'll cross yeah. that bridge <laughs> later on. Uh, another well-deserved promotion, uh, Johan Miesis promoted to AAA uh, Worcester. His final double-A stats, we had barely heard of Johan Miesis three or four weeks ago and came out of the gate firing and has continued. Um, at double-A, he hit 286 with a 368 on base, 714 slugging. In 23 games, he had 11 home runs, 22 RBI, 19 runs, uh, more home runs than anybody in all of the minor leagues when he got his promotion. Um, up at Worcester, he's been there for... Uh, close to a week now, and he's 6-for-22, hit his second home run uh, in an afternoon game today on Wednesday. So what do we, what do we think with, with Miasis? Is this a late bloomer? Um, you know, certainly I would imagine we both agree deserves to, to see the next level um, and a pretty good start so far. Yeah, it has been a, a, a pretty good start. And, you know, I was just kind of like looking at his just kind of like transaction uh, you know, page like because I was like, how did how did he you know come to you know uh, the Red Sox kind of like minor leagues? Um, he was actually part of the Cardinals system for a bit, and the Cardinals have had recently have had like a lot of talent like kind of like slip through you know their fingers with Randy Rosarena, <laughs> yeah, Randy Rosarena, Adelis Garcia, like all these guys. So I'm like, is this another guy? Was Luke I mean, Voigt there I, too? Yeah, who? Yeah, Luke Voigt. Who? Yeah, like, <laughs> just like I don't know what's going on with the Cardinals, but you know, I I really feel uh, bad for them. So yeah, it's just kind of like an interesting kind of guy that's kind of gotten away. Yeah. Um, I I I hope this is kind of like a a late bloomer. Um, I did kind of look at his splits, and he does have a little bit of trouble with like left-handed pitching. Um. You know, he, you know, down in Double A, he was hitting two twenty seven with a twenty three percent strikeout rate against left handed pitching. But again, extreme small sample size, and I, I was basically like grasping for anything that I could just kind of just be like, maybe this isn't a thing. Um, yeah. But I, I've been very impressed, and I, I love to see that he got that promotion and he hit the ground running. So this is a guy that you, you know, we really need to keep an eye out on yeah and you know he's he's 25 years old so with the year off you know i mean changes are made in those couple of years and you compare it to jaron duran we talk about duran so much duran will be 25 during this this season um miasis will be 26 later in the season so uh, not comparing the two but just kind of you need to think about age sometimes and duran 
might be a little bit older than people think. And Miesa is only a year older than him. So it's good to see him hasn't been overmatched so far. And, um, you know, right-handed hitting outfielder could be just someone to continue to keep on our radar. Um, I'm moving on to a couple injury items. Connor Wong, uh, catcher and infielder as well, uh, returned from a three-week stint. Uh, he was out with a hamstring injury. And then the bigger news, we'll save this for the last one, uh, Thaddeus Ward, Tommy John surgery was completed last week with no warning to anybody outside of forearm pain, which I guess was the warning sign, but <laughs> we just saw Tommy John come across our uh, our feed this week, and it's too bad. Yeah, that's that's the fourth, that's second one to have season-ending Tommy John surgery. Have to think that we might not see him in 22 either outside of maybe some late-season workouts. So between yeah. Mata and Ward, um, looking forward possibly to 2023, and uh, that's that top of the rotation pitching depth that we had two months ago, and we, we don't really anymore. Yep. It, it really does stink. Yep. Can't say it any better than that. So <laughs> final thing, well, not final thing. There's a, a few more news and notes items, but a big piece, and we hit on it last week, that the players to be named in the three-way trade uh, that initially sent Andrew Benintendi to Kansas City, but also involved the Mets with some smaller pieces. Um, from the Mets, we received Freddie Valdez, and from the Royals, received Grant Gambrell and Luis De La Rosa, who are both pitchers. Um, who do you want to start with, Shelly? Do you want to take one of these or give your thoughts on all three if you want to start, and I can fill in <laughs> from there? Um, I guess I'll start with, like, I guess the quote-unquote, like, the biggest get out of, like, these three uh, players to be named later. I'll go with uh, Freddie Valdez, who we got from the Mets. Yep. Um, you know, like, this guy is, like, really, really interesting. He's 6'3", 250 pounds, but he's only 19 years old. This this dude, he's a big boy. He is, <laughs> he is a big, big boy. Uh, but... You know, I was like kind of like looking at um, like some scouting reports. Um, uh, Fangrass had him ranked 18th on the Mets uh, on the Mets list. Um, you know, prior to the trade, um, and Eric Longenhagen, you know, kind of comped him to Framil Reyes, like a big, just a big outfielder who has above average power. But he said that you know he's a little bit more athletic. Um, and again, like knowing that he's 19 years old and he's just has this, you know, really, really good hit tool and especially above average power. This guy, I, I'm really excited to see what he does, um, you know, in the in the lower levels of our system. Yep. I, it seems like it was the, the body type that he was comparing there, and obviously there's just so much projection. Um, he was, what, 17 years old in 2019, um, but showed yeah. some was described in, in multiple scouting reports as just outstanding raw power, plus plus raw power. Um, but the hit tool is lagging a little bit. So, you know, just a short season ball that he had in 2019 at the age of 17. So, uh, you know, not a whole lot that we can pull from there. It sounds like he's not 
one of those uh, with someone with a terrible chase rate that he is striking out a ton. That wasn't really the profile with Valdez. It sounds like the the hit tool isn't great, but it's more just waiting for his pitch and you know maybe swinging early in the count at a tough pitch and, and grounding out or something like that. So it's not like he has giant strikeout numbers, which I think is a good sign, um, but still kind of a lower hit tool. Um, I'll continue on to Grant Gombrell, who was a third-round pick out of Oregon State. He came over from Kansas City, so he was the first of the two pitchers that came over from Kansas City. Uh, he's 23 years old, six foot four, 220, right-handed pitcher. Um, sounded like in 2019, I mean, you look at his stats, they were not good. He was 1-6 with a 6.67 ERA. He has done better uh, in 23 innings this year at high A, five starts, 2-1 with a 4.37 ERA. Um, what, and you mentioned Eric Loggenhagen, he described um, Gombrell showing up with a totally different body coming into 2021 in spring training. I think it just showed up in way better shape. Looked like he was throwing 94 to 96 uh, throughout spring training, which we had heard that, that he had topped out at 95. Sounds like he's added a little bit of velocity, and he also mentioned his plus breaking ball with a, a decent changeup as well. So, big guy, like I said, 6'4", 220, power pitcher, um, strong frame. What I was reading, and I'm sure everyone's going to try to spin this as best they can, but really the season that he got drafted two years ago out of Oregon State, he had thrown a lot of innings um, and then made 10 starts. Really long season, kind of far more than any innings that he had pitched in the past. Um, and they think that he was kind of pressing a little bit and working on some, some new pitches to seam fastball at that time, according to Baseball America. So just another, really what we see here is this is just continuing High and Bloom to, to build depth throughout the system and say what you want about the Benintendi trade, but this is more depth. These are three more prospects, especially with Valdez and Gombrell, that w would probably be, we don't know where exactly they'll fit in or be ranked within the prospect uh, list for the Red Sox, but just a couple more depth pieces to go with Winkowski, who we talked about and have been pretty impressed by, we talked about last week. Um, and then the third name, Luis De La Rosa. Anything on, on him? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that he's definitely kind of like the wild card here. Uh, he's definitely much younger. Um, he was a former shortstop, and he moved to uh, the mound shortly before signing with the with uh, Kansas City back in 2018. Um, and he participated in the DSL um, in 2019. He was the second youngest player on the team um, at that time. Um, you know, he posted a 2.33 ERA within uh, with 11 starts and 52 strikeouts. Um, and he managed to keep his whip extremely low. It was a .90 uh, whip between, you know, those 11 starts. Uh, so he's a really interesting guy. Um, but obviously, like I just said, like he moved from shortstop to the mound. So he's a little bit more raw. He's definitely younger. So this is, like I said, definitely the wild card, but a guy that we probably need to take a, you know, just keep an eye out on. I don't know if he's going to be like a starter long-term, but he put up really, really uh, great numbers uh, for his first time, you know, being a pitcher in professional ball. Yeah, he basically signed the day that he was 16. So you, you cannot um, pitch <laughs> at any level in the United States any younger than De La Rosa did. Um, has four pitches 
which is interesting. And they all sound like he he can control all of them. Reading the the Sox prospects, some things that or SoxProspects.com, some of the things that they had had heard about De La Rosa. There's not a whole lot of information out there on him, but they mentioned that he can control a low 90s fastball. That I'm sure there'll be some velocity to come from there, as he was you know 16 when he pitched that year. Um, curveball change up that he throws for strikes has good feel for and also has a slider that not as much is known about but i mean that like you said it's a wild card it's uh there's plenty of projection and it's just a name to more depth have on your radar probably won't be too high up on the list at this time um but interesting and we can finally uh close the book on that andrew benintendi trade four or five months later um (laughs) All right, so moving along, we'll talk about the Olympic qualifier final results real quick. Just figured we should throw just the final numbers. We we know, you probably know all that you need to know about Jaron Duran, Tristan Cassius, and Jeter Downs by now. Um, but with the United States, Duran was 7 for 19 with a double, a triple, three RBIs, and three runs. Tristan Cassius, 6 for 15, two doubles, three runs, three RBIs. Uh, United States won their group in the Olympic qualifier, so automatically move on to the Olympics. Who knows if any or all of these players will be joining them at that time. Uh, the other name with Columbia was Jeter Downs. He was 1 for 10. His lone hit was a home run. Um, surely didn't get to see any of the Olympic qualifier games myself, Shelley, with major leagues, minor leagues, plenty of action on every day, but I don't know if you had anything yeah. to add. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't. Um uh, I mean, I was just great that, you know, the U.S. kind of, like, made it through. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just really good to see just, like, some different guys getting, you know, interesting stats. And just hearing all, you know, the glowing remarks about Duran just, you know, just made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Absolutely. And that's a segue. If you want to kind of start off with the new Baseball America Top 100, some huge well one huge huge mover and a couple smaller movers um that we saw in the latest list Uh, yeah yeah so baseball america just uh released like their new top uh 100 prospects um a couple days ago and we had like two huge movers uh so we had casas who is up to the 27th uh uh, prospect. Uh, he moved from 38th to 27th. And then, you know, our, our boy, Jaron Duran, goes from 86th all the way up to 29th. My goodness. Um, I know. Like, I, I, I was shocked that he was that high, but I love to see it. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts, Bob, like, about that huge move uh, for Duran? Yeah, I was ready to put him second, and I felt like I was a maniac earlier in the year when we had uh, – a couple other folks on talking about it, you know, whether he was ready to move to second seems in the, in the uh, Red Sox prospect list and baseball America surely was able to make that move and almost put him one. I mean, cash the 27th ran at 29th, one a and one B pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we both agree with it. I thought he was too low earlier in the year. Um, he's been challenged at every level country qualifier whatever (laughs) over the last 12 months now and hit everywhere so they moved his hit tool up to a 55 with a 45 power and a 70 run i mean that's a great combination right there um fielding of 50 and an arm of 45 
So kind of more average uh, fielding grades, but he moved to that position in recent years anyways, and it sounds like he's getting better and getting better jumps and whatnot. So um, really good kind of and seeing more 55 grade hit tool on Duran. Um, with Cassius, kind of same thing, hit tool 55, power of 60, uh, w- which you could argue could be a little bit higher with some of the, the <laughs> balls that we've seen flying out recently from him. Um, one interesting note was that Jeter Downs moved from 59 down to 69 on the list, and yeah, I mean, he struggled a little bit in the first month and struggled in three games in the qualifier rate, one for 10, not going to overreact to that, but they still have him at a he's really 50 to 55 across the board which we've talked about just some of some of all parts um type of player seems like he's going to need a little more time down there maybe we don't see him this year but interesting to see that he moved down 10 spots especially with a lot of players that have probably graduated all of the um players that have been in the major leagues that played 45 days of service time aren't on that list so a move of, of 10 down might be closer um, to 20 if you take out those players that have yeah. been ahead of him previously. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with him moving down maybe a few spots, but that that big jump down of, of, of 10 spots was a little bit shocking. Like, I, I, I have been a little bit concerned about his swing and miss recently, you know, um, in, in AAA, but... Uh, yep. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't move him down that much but i understand the move yep all right for sure um so we're gonna fire through kind of the that that's the news and notes is the majority of what we want to talk about this week few news and notes from different levels going um starting at worcester they had a a tough week pitching wise they lost games 18 to 1 18 to 5 and 12 to 5 against the rochester red wings in a two and four week Fortunately, they bounced back the last two days, um, last night and then this afternoon with some significant wins. I think they scored 12 runs in each game. Um, Franchi Cordero, the name that just doesn't go away. I didn't plan on putting him back on the on the rundown again this week, but then he hit some monster bombs, and he had three more hits today, and he's up to 436. He's 20 for 45 since he went down to AAA with four home runs. And if you haven't seen the ball that he hit to center field, over the batter's eye that had to have been 50 feet in the air um, in center over a, a uh, fence that was 403 feet away. I think they put it at 470-something, but if I've ever seen a ball hit 500 feet, it was that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was his second home run of the game. Uh, we, I'm sure they'll give him another shot, especially with him being the key piece coming over for Benintendi. This is exactly what you're supposed to do when you get sent down is... Uh, you know, use it as, as motivation, and he's hitting both for average uh, and for home runs. So we'll, we could see him at some point. Another outfielder, and really the outfielders, it's kind of getting a little crowded down there. Marcus Wilson leading the team with eight home runs, 22 RBIs, 21 runs, and five steals. All four of those uh, lead Worcester in June um, has just gone off. He's been 12 for 32 with five home runs since the start of June. We're only at the the ninth of the month here, 487 OBP in that time. Wilson hit pretty well in spring training, Shelley. We talked about him briefly um, and and has some very good defense. So uh, that might be coming around, and he is on the 40-man. So 
it's just another option, another depth option, along with Cordero and Duran and a whole lot of outfielders down there that, that we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, but with the amount of depth um, that we have in outfield and our lack of depth of pitching, I, I kind of feel... Um, as much as I love Marcus Wilson, I could see him like kind of being moved for like some type of like starting pitching depth at yeah, some point. That's a good call. That could be a trade piece and maybe more of a trade piece than than Chavis, who I feel like they were trying to kind of hoping that he would would have a good stretch and be a tradable um, asset in the coming months. It, you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that are in his way and. Those are some very good numbers and, you know, hit pretty well against some major league pitching in spring training. So yeah. that's a great call out there. Um, moving down to Portland, they were 3-3 three and three last week at Harrisburg. Added a win on Tuesday. Um, only note I really have is Dur- Durbin Feldman has been good four straight scoreless outings after he had had a shaky May. Um, those four outings spanned three and a third innings, hasn't given up a hit. So we've talked about Feltman a couple of times, someone that I've hoped would succeed he's pitching better um so just kind of a a name to to continue to keep in mind um going down to greenville and salem shelly anyone that you wanted to hit on at at either of those levels to start um i guess maybe give like a little hat tip to jay groom Uh, i still don't know what i feel about like with him uh, I know that he needs to be added to the uh, 40-man roster at the end of this season. Um, and, you know, his season started out kind of shaky. He missed a couple starts, but, you know, he's had three, you know, good outings here, right? Like, he's yep. putting up, you know, some some pretty good stuff. Um, I, again, I still don't know what how, how I feel about him, but just knowing that he's, you know, kind of getting it together is promising. Yeah, eight strikeouts in five innings on uh, June 3rd. And who knows, pitching himself into shape, a little bit rusty. But, yeah, you couldn't have had more polar opposite um, three-start stretches to what yeah. he opened the season with with what he's done recently. So, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about him, but just wanted to note that that was the best of all of his outings that he's had with eight strikeouts in five innings. Um, Brandon Howlett, an, an infielder at Greenville, was on base five times in the same game earlier this week. We talked about Ramirez, the the five-inning, one-base-runner outing, and then four more shutout innings later in the week. Um, Nick York, who we were, uh, you know, tepidly worried about, um, had a good stretch. He was 10 for 18 in a five-game stretch last week, so he's heating up a little bit over the last week, uh, which is good to see, you know, that that he's fighting back at, at the low A level, obviously still very young. Um, and Jeremy Yelland, who we've brought up a couple of times, had four more innings without a walk and eight strikeouts in an outing the other day. So, um, you know, focusing mostly on, on positive performances here uh, with the limited time that we have left. Um, so just some, some good notes from the lower level. So that's all we have today. Uh, you can reach us, myself at BobOsgood15 on Twitter. Shelly is at Shelly V underscore six four three. Uh, or you can find both of us at the Dynasty Guru and Over the Monster. Anything, any uh, writing that you're doing, Shelly, or podcasting that you want to plug? 
Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I, I do the, the pre-cap, recap uh, pod, uh, you know, twice a week uh, on this feed here. And you can catch me every other week over on the uh, Dynasty Guru if you play fantasy baseball. Yeah, Dynasty's Child, great, great podcast you were on this week. Uh, listened to it the other day, so highly recommend that one as well. All right, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week.